Should we start with normal welcome or the not so normal welcome? The normal welcome is, hey, how are you? I'm doing good. Episode 18. 18. Yeah, episode 18, JK Moto Podcast. Welcome back. I'm Easton. I'm Cole, and we're both alive. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> Have we ever not been alive? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, alive versus live. Alive. Alive. Both alive. Alive. Yeah. This is a motorcycle podcast for the average everyday motorcycle rider slash track goer slash club racer and maybe even further. We'll see what comes up next weekend or this past weekend. So we're filming yeah. a little early. Depending on what this airs. The time yeah. frames are getting out of control right now. It is nuts. Should we uh should we roll the intro? Absolutely. Yesterday at one point I was in six. We're back and we're still alive. Gosh, knock it off. I have to say it every time. It's how we break the, you know, break the ice, if you will. What do you got going on today? Did you ride some motorcycles today? Today, no. But yesterday, yesterday. What'd you do yesterday? I was at what is called the Advanced Riders Course, put on by the Motorcycle Safety Foundation, MSF. Are you serious? Yeah. You didn't tell me you were doing that. I I think you're making stuff up. But either way, that is what I was doing. I rolled the old uh, Aprilia down there and did half a day of riding and then a few hours of classroom instruction. You didn't tell me that. So have you ever done an MSF course of any sort? Mm, No. No. Okay. So question for for the listeners, the guests. No, they're not guests, I guess. Listeners, you, the audience, everyone watching or listening right now on uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google. Preacher, Stitcher, Player FM, and me, because this is new to me as well. iHeartRadio, yeah. Anyway, one, wait, click, wait, click wait, the subscribe wait. button. Subscribe. Yeah, hit the subscribe button. Yeah, like, Don't comment. smash it, because we're not from the freaking 90s. And we're if not you, gangster rappers. So if you smash it, I am afraid you're gonna break either your phone or your keyboard or your mouse or whatever it might be. And I'm not gonna pay for that. So don't smash, smash anything. It. <laughs> smash it. You but gotta back this story up a little bit because I am I'm coming in blind. Why did you decide to do this? What was the goal? Okay, so let's yeah, let's back it up. Uh MSF, Motorcycle Safety Foundation. They're based in California, uh, and they put on a nationwide curriculum for motorcycle riding courses for the road specifically tailored to the road so that is where you get your brc right the only other course that is like routinely offered across the states is from harley davidson which is something along the lines of like new rider course or something like that anyway i don't know maybe they call it like get your leathers here and learn how to ride a motorcycle oh come on they have that at the harley shop they have one for the ladies there you go yeah ladies bike night and buy leathers and chrome and everything else you might want to buy when you get a harley Loud pipes save lives. Hashtag Harley Davis until I die. You know, the works. Anyway, so the BRC, otherwise known as a basic writer's course, is usually a two to three day course, depending on how they want to split it up, where you're like classroom on the first day for like a couple hours, because they'll do like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you go in after work, pick up some classroom stuff, and then you come back Saturday, a little bit more classroom, and then ride. And then Sunday, a little bit more classroom and ride. Now, Saturday, for a basic rider's course, this is literally tailored to someone that has never even seen a motorcycle before. So, you, yes. Is this the one you did? No, but I did do this. I'm just like, having I'm just having images of the Perilia RSV4 parked <laughs> next to a bunch of 50cc scooters right now. But. No, 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 not quite. Um, okay, no, please I'm, continue. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to dive please. into it. Yeah, basic riders course, right? So generally they offer bikes because, again, this is for people that don't have a motorcycle license, have never even seen a motorcycle, right? Tailoring to all levels. But you start off, like, the first thing you do is you, like, go out and you swing your leg over the motorcycle. They're like, all right, cool. Now put the kickstand up. And you put the kickstand up, and they're like, sweet. Now put the kickstand back down and demount, and you get off. And you're like, if you've ridden a motorcycle before, you're like, okay, this is ridiculous. I just wasted $300 and three days worth of my time, right? You should talk about what it costs at some point, obviously. Go ahead. Yeah, they're generally about two to $300. I think the Harley one is actually a little more 
more around that three to three fifty range, and uh, just BRC from any MSF, which is based state by state. You can look it up. Just look up like msf.org or .com or something, or just Google basic writers course near me. That'll bring it up. I'll have some links down in the description. But that that's where it starts, right? Then by the end of the first day, you go through like you uh, you start the motorcycle, then turn it off and get back off, and then you start the motorcycle and you're like working gas and clutch while walking it in a straight line across the parking lot. This is all done in a parking lot type course. And then by the end of the weekend, you're able to pass the, you should be able to pass your DMV's motorcycle license test, riding I did that. Yeah, right. So that's the other option for a new rider. Uh, Someone that's never ridden a motorcycle before or maybe has, but doesn't have their license on the street. If you want to go get your license, you can either, in most states, you take the BRC and you pass the test there and you just take your certificate down to the DMV and they hook you up with the license. Or you can go like get your permit. You take a written test for the permit, wait six months. You like can't ride with passengers or at night or whatever rules your state might have. And then you come back and take a test. And that's something to keep in mind for new riders. Just going to throw this out there. When you take your test, if you take it on a 600 or below, you are limited to that cc bike right if you take it on a 250 or below you're limited to 250 and below if you take it on above a 600 then you're good to go do whatever you want so just keep that in mind anyway that is a brc basic riders course which you've never done no okay so uh for my job i got my brc in a hayfield yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people are out there at those courses, though, that like they've got mad dirt bike experience and they come out and then they get yelled at for sticking their foot out all day. They're like, can't put your foot on the ground. You think you're going to do that on the freeway? Anyway, the instructors are generally pretty nice. I'm, I'm kind of making stuff up there. I don't want to bad talk <laughs> anyone today, but it's just kind of funny. Yeah. You get you get all types of people. You know, I've, I've seen at the BRC I went to, there's someone that did show up on their own bike, and then they rode the BRC bikes anyway. We were on a Suzuki TZ250s or something like that. little kind of much like your Honda style motorcycle, but a little bigger, a little newer. Uh, electric start, you know. But yeah, it's, it's actually, you know, if you're riding on the street and you haven't done a basic riders course, I'm not going to say you should do it. But if you've ever wondered how good you are at like slow speed maneuvering, a basic riders course is a great place to go back and like get way back down. Like you're not allowed to do over 20 miles an hour there, right? So you have to be able to control your bike at slow speed. And it's a completely different set of riding skills that I kind of forgot existed, honestly. What I was doing this past re- weekend was with what is called an ARC, an advanced riders course. So it's just a one day you go out and you do some like practice maneuvers. Taking an 1100, 217 horsepower sport bike to one of those is kind of interesting because they for uh, advanced riders. Yeah, right. So I, I almost took your Jixer down there. I was like, you know, I might just take the Jixer. And I was like, no, I need to, I need to take the bike that I ride. Right. So I took it down there and uh, the whole day they're like, we're doing like the first exercise, I think. Man, I don't even remember. You like you go down and then you do this turn and then you come back and do like a swerve and then a stop. And then you're supposed to like check your mirror and then quickly go again or something like that. Anyway, but they're like, yeah, we'd, we'd love for you to get in the second because we, we want you to practice coming up to a stop and shifting back in a first. And I just kind of looked at the guy. Well, actually, I looked at this other guy that was there because he showed up on a 2022 Hayabusa. There was a... a, a Quick, let's ARC, put that aside for half a second. Have you ever heard of strapping a bike to lower it? Yeah. I had never heard of that before yesterday. But so I, I pulled in and this guy pulls in behind me and it's it's a Hayabusa. And I was like, yeah, it looks pretty new. I was like, is that, a, is that the new one? He's like, yeah, it's a 22. I was like, all right, all right. So I'm kind of, you know, checking it out, whatever. Hadn't seen one in person yet. Uh, they do look quite a bit different. The front is still like, yes, this is definitely a Hayabusa. But the back is kind of like weird. They got these little LED strip lights. Mm-hmm. Kind of going on for a taillight, right? And the tail is way wider and flat. I won't go into more detail there. But it was lowered, very obviously, which a lot of them are, okay? But I was like, looks like you lowered it. How much? He's like, uh... And I was like, what, like three or four inches? He's like, yeah. Like, he said five okay. clicks. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, you know, lowered in the rear, strapped in the front. I was like, I just kind of brushed that off. Then I thought about it for a second. I was like, what the hell does he mean strapped in the front? Like, I had no idea and then later i noticed there's a bracket bolted to his shock mm-hmm. it's front fork and there's like a ratchet strap going up to the top and i was like what the, what is Five this clicks. <laughs> i didn't know that was a thing is that safe it's a it's a it's not something i'd do to my bike but well like so i i get it you know this guy said he travels from south carolina to florida or whatever a lot 
He's on the highway a lot. It's a lot more comfortable to ride the bike when it's lowered and it's, you know, lower to the ground, whatever. Okay, but strapping it just like his suspension travel was this is like an inch. Yeah. Like, it, it just can't be good on the forks. Pretty good on fork seals, I would imagine. Yeah, that's what I was like. Uh, you know, they tell you when you're strapping a bike down, don't leave it strapped down for too long. But then they sell these kits that you just strap yeah. the bike for eternity. I don't know. Yeah. You know, my buddy always says, old Mitchell, he always says, drop and destroy. <laughs> Sometimes the look's more important than the function. You know, yeah, well, that's the thing, though, is he was doing it for function because it's more comfortable to ride or something. Anyway, I don't want to dig into that too much, but that was something, yeah, something new I learned is you can strap a bike to lower it. If I see anyone at a racetrack with straps on the front of their bike, well, I'm going to lose. That's the thing. You're not going to. I'm going to lose it if I do, though. I'll tell you're you what. You're not going to, at least not for very long. Maybe at a drag strip, though. Yeah, I can see a drag strip. That's what everyone was asking. I was like, you ever take a drag strip? He's like, no, not yet. I was like, okay. Anyway, where was I? ARC. A R C. Yeah, I looked at him right when they're like, "Yeah, try and get into second if you can." I just kind of looked at him and he looked at me and we just kind of like chuckled to each other because I was like, "I don't know how I'm gonna get this bike to behave in second gear under 20 miles an hour." Uh, which I did get it into second a couple times just so they could hear me shift. But to put this into perspective, they at some point throughout the day you are doing some higher speed cornering maneuvers right for a parking lot right they want you to get up to 25 to 30 miles an hour and, and do some cornering maneuvers so decreasing radius whatever there might be and then they run this little like kind of peanut style track which you'll see in a brc too but you're supposed to run it a little quicker so you just have it longer straight and then you take a turn and then you do this kind of like chicane movement and then another turn you do that for like four laps on it, and then you swap and go the opposite direction, right? And they kept saying the whole weekend or the whole day that, yeah, you shouldn't really, you know, you shouldn't be on the clutch going through that corner. And I found myself clutching the entire day because, as I think we've discussed maybe on here before, but definitely in person, electronic throttles. Mm -hmm. There's like a very clear on-off right at the bottom, and it's very... Uh, well, I don't know how to put it. Not distinct, but uh, like you, I feel like you barely move your hand at all, and it's like nope, off. And then you barely, like you're not even actually moving it, but like you know, the gravel in the road will cause you to just like rah, 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 rah. that doesn't work too well when you're trying to corner at 20 miles an hour. So I was just like half clutching, holding it at like 3,000, and just completely using my clutch to get my revs and my input where I wanted it. And I was just kind of chuckling the whole time because I'm like, I, I cannot safely ride this motorcycle at this speed without using my clutch. I would love to, don't get me wrong, but it's just not going to happen because I keep dropping the throttle too much. And I asked the, the guy in the Hayabusa later, I was like, you've got electronic throttle on there, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, are you having trouble out there? He's like, <laughs> yeah, same thing, right? Just that fine right between on and off is just too, it's too noticeable, too hard to control, I guess, with electronic at that slowest speed. Yeah, you do, I'd say three to four hours of riding around different, doing different maneuvers, whatever. And then you go in and, just do some classroom. They they go into different... So the BRC, they'll tell you things like uh, you shouldn't use any brakes in a corner, right? You get all your braking done beforehand, and then you either maintain or slowly accelerate through right. the corner, right? And No, no trail braking. Yeah, absolutely, right? That's what they're teaching new riders, which I get. That's pretty safe. That's good. But then in the ARC, they bring up trail braking and how trail braking is usable, and you should be doing it, and go ahead and practice it today. It's where you brake up to the apex of the turn and then you start to apply throttle once you come out of the apex right and i was like okay that sounds good but where i got a little bit off every like track riding instructional video or demonstration or whatever i've been to or trail braking demonstration someone always brings out a tire right mm -hmm. tracking and they they push it into the or they they put it against the ground at a lean right and they're like all right we're gonna 100 points of grip and blah 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 blah. if we're in a turn and we grab our brakes what happens then they slap the tire and the tire falls and they're like yeah you crash right they're like now if we apply some pressure first i.e trail braking apply some pressure and then they smack the tire with a little bit of pressure applied and the tire stays there because it's already loaded right. telling you that one of the advantages of trail braking on the road specifically is if you find yourself in the middle of a corner needing to shed more speed you've already got your front tire loaded with your brakes you can grab a lot more brake without that native effect of springing the tire into the ground and losing it correct yeah without the brake without the brake you're basically committed to whatever turn you've decided to make right and but with so, it with it there situation changes you can't change with it right exactly right yep but with it there with, when you have some brake applied 
it gives you more movement to slow down more or let off or whatever you need to do. Right. And that's how I've always understood that. They advocate for trail breaking in this class, but it felt like there was a disconnect between like anytime they bring up in a corner, you know, it's like, well, once you're in the corner, you don't want to, you don't want to clutch. You don't want to chop throttle. You don't want to break. You don't want to gas. You want to just ride out your corner. Right. If you, if you need to break, you got to stand the bike up and slow down. And I just, I kept wanting to say like, hang on. I thought, you know, this is the whole purpose of trail breaking, but they never really brought that up. Never did that demonstration. So that was a little interesting, but it's also for, you know, it's made for people that have been riding on the road for six months to a year and they're looking for that like next step of instruction, right? So it's kind of weird going, I've been riding on the road for a while now, d done some track days, you know, and it's it's weird going back to that level. Uh, and it was kind of nice relearning a little bit of slow speed maneuvering, you know, not getting off the bike as much as actually putting the bike underneath you to get it to do things and you know, the, the cops and the parades that are doing crazy things and the right. big old bagger bikes. It's kind of that style. That was kind of nice, but there were some other things that I was like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, that's what a an advanced riders course is like. So basically, they take the BRC and they up the speed a little bit and cut it down into one day and call it good. So that's what I did yesterday. Well, I didn't know you were doing that. Good on or, you. It's worth it if you picked up one thing, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I it, it's been a long time since I did the BRC, but I'm glad I did it way back in the day. Honestly, it was fun. It's someone else's bikes. So you're a lot less worried about it. They're little bikes. They're nimble. And I think it's much easier to get on a bike and get out on a road where you're just, you know, canyon carving is easier than trying to navigate your bike from stoplight to on-ramp to off-ramp to mcdonald's drive-through to walmart parking lot to your neighborhood you know like right. all of those super slow speed for sure yeah you know that and that's that's where it shines so i would say that if you're if you uh if you find yourself like being able to ride great and doing great but then you pull into a parking lot and you're like man i can't do a u-turn in a parking lot i always have to like pull out and drive like all the way around the outside of the parking lot that's where that course will like kind of it brings you down you're not allowed to go over 20 miles an hour so you have to learn to trust your bike and get it to do things that you're not necessarily used to and for the for the road i can definitely see that as as useful they also say uh talking to some of the instructors i've heard that it's really good for passengers right if you're going to put your wife or girlfriend or whoever on the bike with you it's a great idea to have her go take that course because again it's someone else's bike she doesn't have to go get her license afterward or you know, whoever it might be. But if you're going to go do like a long road trip, it's great for whoever you're doing the road trip with to have some experience of actually like leaning a bike and knowing what that feels like. There's one thing for someone to hop on and you're just like, yep, lean with me, you know? And right. that's another thing for them to have felt that and kind of understand what that actually means and expect what you're doing a little bit. Was there some couples there? Nope, not this time. I'm trying to think. The, the BRC I took was like six years ago so i don't remember it super well i don't remember the biggest thing i remember from that honestly was someone actually dropped the bike once <laughs> they had a they had a moment where they were like still figuring out you know this person that showed up hadn't ever driven a, a manual stick shift or four-wheeler or anything with a manual transmission and they're hopping on a motorcycle for the first time manual transmission for the first time right so that's the other thing too is that riding a motorcycle is one thing but figuring out a clutch and gas while if also you've trying never to done it before, yeah. Yeah, right. While also trying to balance a vehicle, like, man, yeah, that's it's pretty understandable. And they'd kind of like whiskey throttle, pop the clutch, wheelie a little bit on accident, freaked out, if I remember right, grab the clutch and then just I seen that video on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they exist. So <laughs> Um, but the great part was, you know, the person got back on, got back on the bike and kept riding and finished out the class. So, you know good on him i guess yeah it's crazy i, I did get into a, a pretty good discussion with the one of the instructors though he used to race with Wera and uh cssc or something like that i don't remember some racing association on the east coast and uh yeah no we had a great a great discussion at lunchtime just talking about racing he actually brought up the fact that he uh which he should be listening to this so hello hi <laughs> but brought up the fact that you know he stopped watching MotoGP once uh once Nikki Hayden was gone or once once there were no more American racers in there and that just kind of you know clicked a ding in my head because we've kind of mentioned that before but he's following Moto America and you know we were talking about that too about the whole the difference between going to a Moto America race and being able to you know go down and talk to Josh Heron or talk to whoever or you know even ken hill you know right. I, I went and talked to ken hill on race day road atlanta and he you know we were talking about my 
my rec that I had at AMP. And he was like, well, you know, send me your suspension sheets. Send me your data. Send me, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll go over it. Let's talk about it. Let's figure this out, you know. And just kind of talking about that that family or whatever you want to call it, unity in motorcycle racing that is, you know, the motorcycle community worldwide and then in America and then the racing in America and then the, like the club racing and the track days at your local right. track is like the tightest knit you can get and just the camaraderie or whatever you want to call it, you get there. So it was a, a nice dis- discussion to have with him, kind of bounce things off with him. I'm going to see maybe, maybe we get him on the podcast later. It'd be yeah. kind of cool to talk to an MSF instructor and see what their, uh, what their input is on the, uh, the MSF courses. And, you know, this, this guy having track day and racing experience, I'd kind of like to correlate that to MSF courses and the road and bring them all together. Cause he's also done, all four levels of California Superbike School. Gotcha. So I was like, oh, I kind of, you know, I'm personally, I'm curious about that. <laughs> what that actually, uh, what that actually looks like. And so it'd be kind of, kind of cool to hear about it and, and then compare having just done another, you know, another road-based course, see how that actually compares and what the trade-offs are and what the difference is, maybe even teaching someone at the track versus teaching someone on the road. So. Well, I didn't get to do any of that stuff. I was busy riding water motorcycles today. I heard about that. Heard about that. What was uh what was going on? We got like a half half a day, half half a day out of her. Is it like I you, to, before I like, had to switch to the different cycle again? Okay. I was like so you showed up at lunch and you got like a full <laughs> like were you really able to put it on the trailer when you wanted to at the end of the day or No, you know my situation. I'm not here to bash any brand, so I won't bring it up, but the problem with it before was a kip, mm-hmm. uh, strip keyway on the flywheel. Right. For all of you judging me out there, I wanted to ride today and I had ordered some parts. They said they were in stock. I was told they are not in stock and being ordered from a country where my favorite MotoGP rider may or may not reside. And Spain? No, not Spain. <laughs> the only thing Spain produces is. MotoGP champions. Oh, no, not good riders, just champions. Yeah, just right. champions. <laughs> so I got frustrated and decided I was going to just go ahead and put the old flywheel back on that is in a destroyed state. Okay. But, uh, we did some of those uh, backyard tricks to it. And uh, I, I got three solid hours of riding out of it. That's pretty good for a jet ski period, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Like, no I offense to <laughs> you or that world. I mean... They're sweet. They're fun. They're awesome. I love them. And if you haven't ridden a jet ski, you know, this is a motorcycle podcast. I get that. Stand up. Yeah. Stand up jet ski. Not. We're not talking couches here. Yeah. Anyone can go out and pull the throttle. It's like driving an automatic car, right? Like anyone, anyone can do that. (laughs) Um, If you haven't ridden one and you think it's going to be easy to just like hop out there and do that, uh, go do it, please. (laughs) And uh, then report back. Let us know in the comments what your, how your, how your experience was, because I could tell you my first time, you know, you start kneeling and then you stand up and you're like, all right, yeah, this ain't too bad. You're right. And then you like lean into your first corner. You're like, okay, yeah, that's like pretty, pretty standard. And then you go to turn the other way and you're a hundred yards that way. Skis over there. And you're like, uh, what? (laughs) Definitely different. So, so we got that and we, we, we shut her down before any more catastrophic, you know, problems were caused. So we will patiently wait for some parts, but that's okay because we're really, really busy for the next two weekends. Yeah. We don't have no time for water motorcycles for a little while. Why is that? Because, well, I didn't know if the cat was supposed to be let out of the bag, but apparently, you know, via, via the JK Moto Instagram, the, that's me. the, the, the that's cat nice. is both of us out of the bag last last week from when you're listening to this yeah at some point you'll be listening to this and (laughs) what i'm about to say will have already happened probably two weeks ago i think it's just this past weekend like you should be there a week from today right let's get this out of there right today is the 23rd of july we are (laughs) filming currently on the 23rd of july for us right you are going to be listening to this on not this Wednesday, the 26th, but August something. Okay, so it'll be one week since I had the great pleasure. A few I'm days. quite excited. Yeah, a huh? few days. A few days since. It'll be a few days since I have had the great honor and pleasure of traveling to Brainerd with mm-hmm. Anthony Lugnut Norton. Mm-hmm. Old Lugnut himself, yeah. Old, old Lugnut himself will be fielding a bike at Brainerd in the stock 1000 and i will be there to support him in any way that i can yep i've already got an umbrella don't say that 
I ain't wearing no dress. <laughs> uh, oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking about rain, but you know, yeah, that also. <laughs> so uh, I watched a I watched a super sport race. I was like, I'm gonna go back and watch the ridge. I watched super sport race two at the ridge today. Mm-hmm. While I was in the shop, and as it was all starting up, I seen the umbrellas out there, and I went, Oh no! <laughs> no, 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 no! Uh, shout out to Richard. What up? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that'll forever. I don't. I, I wasn't even there. Haven't even actually seen that video or whatever. But it's like just stuck in my head. Whatever made up picture I have of that now. So oh, I've seen the pictures. I couldn't tell if he was trying to be a ballerina or get married. I'm not sure. But <laughs> oh gosh. Well, so we got that coming up. So I'm gonna be out this week. Hey, I'm, doing- I'm gonna real quick. Sorry, but I do want to say since this is post that actual race hop on youtube right now i'll have a link in the description go check out the stock 1000 race cheer on your boy uh we we can't give any spoilers this time and i usually we're a spoiler show but we don't have any because it's not there yet um hasn't happened yet yeah but anthony norton aka Lugnut. i'm pretty sure the tv will probably just say anthony norton 83 i always get confused because his uh instagram is 521 but yep. I kind of like in my head, I'm like, well, five plus two plus one is eight and two plus one is three. So it just makes sense, you know, <laughs> I've never said it before, but all right. Yeah. Math, you know, uh, anyway, I'm going to get some confirmation from him this weekend on they, that. I, yeah. Biggest question I have for him is why 83 and why his Instagram is 521. <laughs> that's like the most important thing you could ask that guy on a race weekend in Moto America. Well, that's probably an old number and he's got to have a two digit number for. No, maybe. I don't know. But that is the most important question. Okay. That's not the most important, but I'll treat it like it is. <laughs> we have to know. Uh, so we're doing that. And then yep. uh, the weekend after that, I will be traveling to Alaska. Mm-hmm. So this weekend, kind of. Yeah, when this comes out, I'll be on a plane again, headed for Alaska. And what do you? Uh, what motorcycle-related stuff are we doing in Alaska? By we, I mean you, because I'll be well, here. Believe it or not, it's we came across. There. Huh? It's cold That's... up there, isn't it? No, man, it's daylight. Twenty-two hours a day right now. Dude, are you telling me you could run a twenty-hour track day? I'm telling you, yeah, without oh, light. Imagine that. But even better than that, if you have to maybe drive a long ways, which uh-huh. I may or may not have to, if you have to uh-huh. drive a long ways, when do you know to shut it down? <laughs> I don't know. When, I guess when you're, I mean, there's a point, even if it's light out, that your eyes are just like, nah, dude, it's done. You're done. <laughs> it's over. And they just start to get all like, like you can see, but if you blink, you know, if you don't blink at least twice every two, every three seconds, you're done. It's like they just start to gloss over and not a good time. Trust me, uh, I've been there. So there is a there is a track up there. A track. They call it a track. I'm going to give them that. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're, I'm not going to talk crap on them, I guess. So Tanacross Raceway or Tanacross Airfield converted into a raceway. Yep. I learned about it, uh, checked into it have now talked to a couple of the people that participate in it i am i'm gonna go check it out they have their last race weekend of the year on august 5th is it gonna be cold after that i don't know how alaska works i'll tell you when i get back i feel like the majority of the lower 48 states just at least this is the way that i have always like pictured it in my head is that alaska is just always ice you know you mentioned like racetrack up there and in my head i'm like oh do they put like the screws in their tires and do the old you know mark marquez up the ski hill thing yes i found some way to bring him in even not on a moto gp weekend whatever get over it yeah we're gonna talk about him later but that's (laughs) but i just like i forget that they uh you know when you're down southern alaska in the summer it's just like sometimes rainy that's well, I, I, the worst. I, I agree um to put it into perspective though palmer alaska that's about 20 minutes out of anchorage mm-hmm. they have a oval track and a drag strip okay those drag, are like dirt oval or uh asphalt hey? oval nice nice facility they have a okay. nice raceway there and it is sea level hmm. okay i know sometimes like you're looking at the globe and you're like this is higher than i am yeah so but elevation has a huge part to play and yeah oxygen density they're they're at sea level and just knowing the people i know up there the the weather's usually pretty comparable to where i'm at i would Hmm. say pretty comparable other than it's dark for half the year and then it's light for half the year (laughs) (laughs) that is definitely Uh, a big big change it's just it's just crazy like i mean i can go ahead if we're gonna do our gardening segment real quick oh yeah the sunflower seeds 
not the sunflower seeds, but oh, dang. The gardens up there, for example, mm-hmm. they they have a short growing season or whatever. Yep. yep. But they can harvest a ton of stuff because it never stops growing. Once it's because it's daylight all yeah, it's daylight all day long. So their harvest yeah. times are like cut in half. Huh. So short growing season, very quick turnaround. And I think the soil and stuff up there is just so nice that things grow well as well. Trying to relate this back to motorcycles somehow. So sometimes it's not where you start. It's how you finish. So more plants, more gardening. You just breezed right over it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mine was was good, but you were just stuck on thinking about yours. Yeah, it was. Sorry. Oxygen and and the, like, if you can... If the plants are always doing their stuff, they can do that thing where they take the like air and they put out oxygen. I'm not a scientist. And then you get more oxygen for more combustion and more horsepower and more fun. Good good hell, kid. You're pretty good with the math, but they take in carbon dioxide and put out oxygen. Yeah, air and put out oxygen. Carbon dioxide, which is a port which is a part of what's in the air. Yeah. Dude, we gotta get this back on track. No more gardening corner is over. Please leave your gardening comments down below. Gardening corner. The oh, gardening man. corner is over. Yeah, if you get hey, if you want a gardening podcast, let us know. We'll uh, we'll hop over <laughs> on that, and I'll tell you everything I know about oxygen and air. Well, it's not very much based off of the last <laughs> and sunflower seeds. And sunflower seeds. Uh, Did you watch motocross? <clears throat> yeah, man, I always do. Listen, it's worth noting this week, okay? Oh, I didn't. Yeah, all right. Notices, Listen, you said the date. It's what, the 23rd? It is. So for us currently. For us currently. Because we're live. Alive. Hayden, Danger Boy Deegan uh-huh. just went 1-1. First guy to do it this year. He won yeah. Moto 1, won Moto 2. Obviously gives him the overall. And he's in the points fight. And he he's a young kid, and some of the stuff he says is quite funny. I, I pay attention just because, first off, Brian Deegan, of course he listens. I'd just like to tell Brian that he is a chip off the old block, isn't he? That <laughs> Hayden talks exactly like his dad. It's just like a reincarnation of Brian. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some, thing, there's some differences there, of course, but he just kind of a surfer dude like Brian. Dude. So you got a 1-1. Yeah, man, it was fun. This kind of stuff, which is super funny to listen to. But he caused a little bit of controversy afterwards because in an interview, I know you don't follow it. The people listening, they're into two wheels. They're going to know what I'm talking about. But you got Jet Lawrence and Hunter Lawrence, the Australian boys that have been dominating anything they touch for the last couple of years. Hunter is in that class with Hayden Deegan. Gotcha. And they've spent a lot of time this year sitting on the podium and being interviewed together. Hunter has came to his defense a couple times because he's not he's not great in an interview. I mean, they ask him a serious question, and he does more of a like <laughs> like this. So Yeah. <laughs> anyway, today he said without Hunter there, it was after the main podium interview, but he said something to the effect of, Yeah, I'm just a rookie. There's no pressure on me. That Hunter's supposed to be winning, but I'm just over here doing it. So, <laughs> I was like, uh, you better watch it, man, because that guy's come to – I think that guy's come to his aid more than once this year and mm-hmm. when there's been some controversy and, you know, as the pressure starts to get ratcheted up. So they got two weeks off now and then three more races to finish off the motocross season. And gotcha. super excited to get back to Supercross. But Hell, yeah. Well, hey – uh I think we've we've talked about it, but I'd, I'd like to know from the audience again. You guys, let us know. Uh, we're lover of lovers of anything two wheels, and I think honestly, anything motorsport really. Yeah, anything at least, with a handlebar. At least can't appreciate, right? Eventually, MotoGP season is going to end, uh, and I think we've we've kind of talked about possibly doing an off road episode or two, off road related, whether that four. be yeah, okay, three or four episodes we're, we're gonna give the people what the people want yeah that's what i was getting them. at let us know you know yes. after you smash some things don't be smashing <laughs> type normally like a normal person in the comments <laughs> yeah just yes or no you just put yes or no i'll know what you're talking about or you can like go into you know big long comment about how you absolutely don't want to hear anything about riding dirt on because knobby tires are for losers or something like that you know whatever it might be or the opposite and be like 
Nobby Towers is when you really figure out how a bike is actually supposed to be handled. And if the bike ain't trying to buck you off, then you ain't really a rider. And I don't know. Whatever your opinion might be. Well, I got those things covered. My bikes are always trying to buck me off. That's not even true. I've seen your bike. It's perfectly stable. It tries to buck me off occasionally. I think I've ridden most of them. They all try to buck you off. I didn't when you least they, expect it. They were very tame. Okay, I know you just said that the MotoGP season has to end sometime, but yeah, let, let's talk some MotoGP now. Oh and boy, I, let me let me start it with this. Are we going to spread what, rumors? What the what is going on with who? With what? Everybody. <laughs> here's the here here's the last here's the last time here. Okay. Okay. Alex Rins mm-hmm. signing with Yamaha. Yep. KTM is trying to buy Grassini from Ducati because they need two more bikes on the grid to field all their players. Two of which include? Bender, Miller. What do you uh, mean two of which include? The, the the latest news that KTM signing two new people. Oh, yeah. Mark Marquez. Markety Marco. And, and Pedro little, Acosta. His little baby Jesus brother. Yeah, but yeah. They, don't, they don't have nowhere to put them. So check this out. But Mark's too busy sitting on boats on the beach. Jack Miller's too busy riding. Yeah, and not getting invited to Luca Marini's wedding. Yeah. Juan Mir had a kid, I think. I didn't catch that. You didn't see that? I just saw that today. I don't know if it's... I don't don't know much on that. I don't have anything for you guys. Juan Mir is trying to go to Ducati. That doesn't surprise me. Honda's just gone. Are you ready for the next one? Yeah, hit me. So I don't know which one of these are real, but I feel like the Alex Renz thing is true. Alex Renz is going to Yamaha. Okay. So if if Alex Renz goes to Yamaha, LCR has Nakagami and nobody, right? Yeah. The latest rumor to swing in is KTM is making cash offers for LCR. They want either Grassini or LCR. And Ducati's saying Grassini can't go, so they're going to take LCR. Because there's two open grid seats, and KTM has already tried buying them and been turned down by MotoGP. That part is fact. Okay, by MotoGP or by... Uh... Dorna. Dorna, okay. So Dorna has said, no, you can't buy them. We are saving them for BMW when they come in next year. Have that they said BMW or are you making that part up? I added the BMW part. Okay, all right. I'm just gonna get wishful that thinking. So <laughs> if you're listening, BMW Motorhead. Come on. We need somebody. <laughs> hey, we have listeners in Germany. Yeah, I know each and every one of them. Well, one of them, a new one, should be BMW Motorhead. So your people in Germany... Give us your motorcycles. Just push. You cannot do this. All right. Don't go making fun of people now. I'm not making fun of them. I just I just talked to a German guy yesterday morning, uh-huh. and he said, hello, how are you? <laughs> that guy again, huh? I've yeah. heard about that guy. That's <laughs> good. That's good. So they're trying to hold those spots to, to entice a new factory, whoever that may be. New manufacturer. All new. MV Agusta. MV Agusta. Triumph. BMW, Kawasaki. I I have heard a like decent amount about the Triumph idea, which is weird yeah. to me. But uh, I wouldn't have believed it, except that Triumph already has such a relationship in the lower classes. Yeah, and those guys are filling a dirt bike next year in Supercross. So really, yes, it's uh that's not a rumor. They it's been developed. They have riders on it right now, getting ready for the Supercross season. It's happening. And Triumph is, I don't know, taking a play out of KTM and saying we're gonna go do everything. All so right. great. Interesting. It's, it, it's good. More fun. More fun yeah. to be had for everybody. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, the little British bike that couldn't. I mean, could, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Triumphs. Don't get me wrong. Ridden one, two, three. I love them. They're great. Great bikes. That's what you said about Ducati. Oh no, wait, you said Ducatis are beautiful. Yeah, I never said anything about liking them. So Followed that up. So let's get back into this, okay? Okay. MotoGP. Rumors that may or may not be true. Most likely not, but you know, we don't know anyone. But this has been the silliest silly season I've ever seen. So yeah. because let's talk facts first. There are okay. two open seats. I agree. Dorna has said they want to save them for a manufacturer, so they turn KTM down. Okay. So KTM has went back and looked and said, We want two more bikes. Where do we get them? Right. Because believes, huh? Because KTM want has to offer Pedro Costa a seat, right? Has to. Right. They have to offer it. He doesn't or, have to accept or risk it. Losing him. Right. He doesn't have to accept it, but if they don't offer it, can terminate contract, whatever, and go do whatever he wants, right? And with 
him being the baby Jesus, the, you know, future, whoever you want to call it, pick your insert best MotoGP rider of all time and insert his name there, whatever. They don't want to lose that guy because KTM's Lawrence. trying to get a win, right? You said insert. Yeah. I was, I was talking to the audience, not you. Sorry. This is, you know, half of this has to be for the audience at least, right? Okay. So we've, we've established that. So but KTM. That's only one. No, hold on. Why don't they just fire someone? Listen, we're going to get there. So two bikes. Okay. They won't let them do it. Right. I can't so those bikes are staying open for the so hopes of... Husqvarna will not be in MotoGP. Not? It doesn't sound like it. Well, I guess not because if they bought LCR, it could be LCR Husqvarna. I don't know how they would play that, but it sounds like they're they're looking to, trying to figure out contracts for either a Grissini or an LCR. But mm-hmm. if LCR has just lost Alex Renz, that frees up a seat. So if they were to take that team, guaranteed Nakagami would stay with Honda as a test rider. Yeah. So that's a team that they could grab that has no other riders. They're just ready to go. And they throw two KTMs on the field. They can just be a satellite KTM team. Right. Or a Husqvarna. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is they're trying to get two more, two more on there. So when you start talking about if they can't do this and they want to fire somebody, mm-hmm. the newest so Paul hasn't he's supposed to come back here in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. One week by the time this comes out, I think. So post summer break. Yes. So Paul yeah. should come back. Okay. But listening, promise. So Paul has a contract, but the other the other guy doesn't. Fernandez, let me rephrase, didn't. I understand they just signed him. They went ahead and signed him for a year. Okay. For for twenty twenty four. Yes. Okay. So they've, if, if that's true, they've already made that commitment now. So he went from being the man out to now everybody's looking back at pole again. Mm-hmm. So the rumor mill is pole goes test rider. Yeah. And they can put okay. Pedro on his bike. If that's if they don't get two more bikes. But the owner of KTM is saying he wants to field another team. So if he can get either LCR or Grassini to come over, we're going to see six KTMs on the field next year. If he gotcha. takes it. If he takes LCR, we'll see six versus six. If he takes Grissini, we may go back to, or no, six versus eight. Mm-hmm. If they take LCR, it'll be six versus eight. If they take Grissini, it would be six on six. Hmm. Okay. Sorry. I'm, I am looking over the contracts. So this is from Crash.net. Mono GP 2024 rider lineup. Contract situation so far as of july 9th which is old that's old news yeah but it's most likely the most recent actual like this has been put out information yeah that is the most recent so google if fernandez got a contract fernandez agusto yep uh oh agusto was he a famous painter in the renaissance period Fernandez 2024. Yeah, let's just do it this way. KT or Gas Gas, I guess. Contract. Ugh. Signs 2023 Gas Gas Factory Racing deal. That was September 16th, 2022. There are no articles here from only rookie faces the most important year of his career in 2023. There was a March 5th. Yeah, there is no nothing talking about him. Well, let's see. Following that up by removing Gardner's successor, KTM's reigning Moto 2 champion, Augusto Fernandez from his gas gas seat after one season. Yeah, there's not really anything besides that he was signed for 2023. No recent articles. So, Augusto Fernandez admits Pedro Acosta deserves to be promoted into MotoGP seat for 2024, but firmly believes he has done enough to earn his Gas Gas Factory Tech 3 seat 2. We kind of already talked about that, and that was in June of this year. Talked about that a few, quite a few episodes back, if I remember right. He was like, you know, I haven't done nothing. So. There's no, that, that's the hard part, right? Is there are a lot of rumors. There's a lot you can hear. And there's a lot of those rumors are definitely true, but not confirmed, right? Like they, they will be confirmed most likely. You're going to listen to this episode and then we're going to have a race. And our next episode will be post that race, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which we'll probably be talking about, hopefully talking about Brainerd more than MotoGP, but that MotoGP race should answer, I hope, <laughs> press conference and all of that everyone should dig into it because we've had the summer break and this happens every year but this year like you said you know the most silly season silly silly season we've had yet and i definitely agree this year has been so 
freaking all over the place that I feel like, yeah, this summer has been interesting. But let me just go ahead and read this off just so that we have something to go back to so we're not just spreading whatever, right? So this is like the most like official. And I do too, you know, and I don't think we've ever claimed to know everything. So take our word for whatever. But this is from Crash.net. This is published on July 9th, 2023. Grid shaping up for 2024 and beyond, including the published contract situation for each writer. So the published contract as of July 9th, which I understand when you guys listen to this, it'll be August, but whatever. So for Monster Energy Yamaha, yeah, Quattararo, he's signed till the end of 2024. And Franco Morbidelli, end of 2023 ducati lenovo bagnaya into 2024 bashanini into 2024 aprilia both their boys alaysia and vinales are 2024 repsol honda both mark marquez and joan mir 2024 red bull ktm same thing jack miller brad bender 2024 grassini racing this is where it gets a little interesting or starts to get interesting alex marquez and dg end of 2023 pramac Juan Zarco, end of 2023. Jorge Martins, 2024. And then the VR46 boys, Marini and Bezeki, both, end of 2023. And then your RNF Aprilia, so the factor. So all the Aprilia boys are good till the end of 2024. So Oliveri Fernandez and or Ralph Fernandez, just to clear that up. And then, like I said earlier, the guys in the factory team, they're all good through 24. Gas Gas, Espargaro, end of 24. Augusto Fernandez, end of 23 with an option for 24. So he's the only person in there that's like written in contract option for 24, depending on how he does, which we kind of just talked about. He sounds like most likely already signed. Just can't find any anything on the Google first page saying for sure. And then the Castro LCR team, Alex Renz into 24 and Nakagami into 23. So there, there's your cert- certified fact checked, whatever you want to call it info, but Okay, so let's let's go back through that. So Yamaha. Yeah. Quattraro, Quattraro saying yep. Morbidelli's gone. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Every, he's gone. Everybody yeah, yeah. everybody feels like he's gonna find a way onto the VR forty sixteen. Okay. I think that's what's gonna happen. So if if we so he will leave, which makes room for the rumor that Alex Renz fills his seat at Yamaha. So we got Yamaha with Quattraro and Renz together. That makes perfect sense to me. If Yamaha and Honda can work that out. Right. The VR46 team, Joanne Zarco has been rumored to going to World Superbike. And his contract is done, according to what you just said. Mm-hmm. So that allows them to move Bezecchi up to a Pramac. So he's one step down instead of two steps down in Ducati. This is so weird, though. Is how all of the satellite teams are on the same bike. Are they not? No, they're not. You, so, so you're telling me the VR46 boys are two years behind? No, I'm not. But Jorge Martin is on a 2023 at Pramac. Joanne Zarco's on. Joanne Zarco's on whatever they give him. So okay, if they're so, gonna give. So if they're gonna give an additional 2023 bike, it's gonna go to gotcha, Pramac. Gotcha. So Pramac's kind of the like they are That's, the official, yes. actual original, if you will, satellite team to Lenovo, and also. The testing team question mark a little bit, yep. possibly. Yep. So, okay, that that makes more sense. I don't I don't like saying step up because yeah, none Jorge, of them are the factory, you know. But yeah, Jorge's on same equipment, but you'll hear him when Jorge beats Peco. You'll hear him talking about how they're on equal equipment. But when Bezecchi mm-hmm. beats Peco, that's twenty twenty two versus twenty twenty three. Yeah, crazy. And this is the time of year when the gap usually starts to increase because Ducati will continue to develop on the 2023 throughout the year, but they will no longer develop the 2022. Right. So it doesn't happen that way every year, but the potential for the top guys to start pulling away. Yeah. Well, that's, that's not just Ducati either necessarily. Right. I mean, the, the hope is that we come back from the summer break and everyone's had time to work and all the bikes come with something more. Right. Cause so let me keep going through this because at the end, I'm going to fuel some other fire. Oh, boy. Here we go. So like you said, the Aprilia guys, they're all locked in, whatever. Yep. Mark is locked in, but let's just say Mark does what the rumor mill keeps spitting. Let's just say Mark goes to KTM. Mm-hmm. You have a factory Honda team with a Joanne Mir that is doing everything he can to get to Ducati. 
Yeah. Anything, injuries, whatever. He doesn't want to ride that bike. Right. So if Mark leaves and Joy Amir can get out of his contract and they let LCR go to KTM. Yeah. Where are they? But that's insane. Hold, hold your shirt up again. The way of the Zook. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What are you talking about? Are you saying Suzuki's going to come back in 2024? Joan Mir is going to hop on their bike and win a championship again? How did you get that out of that? No, I think Honda. <laughs> Honda, maybe. So, I think if. So, as long as they've got Mark in their minds, they've got this chance for this championship, right? Yeah. So, keep. But if you got to start from the bottom again, which would probably be a good thing for them, just it'd probably be a good thing, honestly. Just clean the slate, start over. Possibly. I mean, Joanne Mir is not their answer. No. So I, I I don't want them to leave. Understand this. I do not want them to leave. But no, I, I mean, take Mark Marquez out of the picture, whoever, but they don't want factories leaving. If Dorna's got a long term plan, which I hope they do, I think you well, and I would rather. VR46 and Grassini both get out of there, bring in Suzuki, Kawasaki, and then fill that empty spot with BMW. So I would say, yeah, that'd be great. But fill the empty spot with BMW. I'm all for that. You know that. Yeah. But I would like to see one of the Ducati teams, be it Grassini, be it VR46. Mm-hmm. VR46 maybe makes more sense. But VR46 needs to go back to Yamaha. Back or to Yamaha. Valentino Rossi needs to go back to <laughs> Yamaha. There you go. There you go. So VR46, Yamaha needs a satellite team to be strong. Move them over there. Get this. So right now, like I know you like to criticize Ducati for having so many bikes on the grid, mm-hmm. but it's a necessity right now so that we have plenty of bikes to watch going around the track. I don't disagree with that. But at the end of the day, I would like to see that bleed back down. And I, I don't want it to be unfair to Ducati because I appreciate what they've done for the sport by investing as much time and effort in it. Yeah. Money, all those things. But I would like to see Yamaha go back up to a factory team and a satellite team. I would like to see Ducati as a factory team and a satellite team. Aprilia has a factory team and a satellite team. KTM's got that already. Bring BMW in. Let them have a factory. BMW can have a factory and a satellite team. And then it's it's fair down across the board. But you're taking Honda out. No, because BMW could take the two empty spots. LCR mm-hmm. can stay with Honda. And then Grassini goes one way and VR46 goes. All right, all right. I got you. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting because earlier when you were talking about um, KTM bringing lcr or taking lcr and then bmw taking the other spots and i was like dude by the end of this we're just gonna have italy versus germany mm-hmm. basically i mean i understand ktm is not germany it's australia but you know whatever the it, better version of a german yeah 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 whatever that's what they say not me the germans the austrians mm-hmm. and what do the germans think of that austrians are usually too afraid to say it in front of germans <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Well maybe we can stir something up. Let us know in the comments. I know we got German <laughs> listeners. I don't know if we have Austrian listeners. Now you've heard it here. Maybe first, maybe not. What do you think? Uh anyway. Uh, I don't so know. I'm, you know what? It's close enough now that I'm you know, I think we both kind of took a little bit off of like paying attention because it's yeah. just too much and yeah. It, it's hard to weed through the baloney and the it's I mean, so many people just feed on rumor, 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 and you can make up whatever you want because no one's putting anything out official. Again, right. I mean, you saw it like this. This is the most official I can get, the most relevant. That's from July 9th, and I'll be honest, this is exactly what I saw like two months ago when I checked it. It hasn't changed. So well, no that's, one, the same, that's the same as it was at the beginning of the year. Yeah, right? So things haven't officially come out. I think we're all... I know you and I are both definitely excited. Hopefully, we're all excited. The British GP one that track's always great. Uh, there's some great history there. If you want to go back and watch some British races, British GPs are always pretty good. Uh, yep. I don't know. It'll be a great weekend. Uh, hoping that some people figured out whatever they needed to figure out. I'm not even talking just Honda. I mean Yamaha too. BMW. Uh, yeah, BMW. <laughs> Get them in there. BMW just appears well, and I believe I saw that the old uh, Samurai is coming back for this weekend. Oh, um, has he got a wild card? I think so. I want to say it's in this one. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure he's coming. Was it Silverstone or was it 
The Red Bull it, ring. It might be back in yet. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm looking at the calendar now, and I'm like, ah, I might be wrong. So it could be in two weeks, but uh, keep your eye out for that. Well, it ain't India, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see. It's still on the calendar. Yeah. Updated July 9th, probably. It's still on the calendar. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, yeah, the uh, the samurai might be back. I think it's the Red Bull ring. Now that you mention it, now that I think about it, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. But he's coming back at some point. Yeah, that would make Giving more him sense another... the Red Bull ring because yeah. Red Bull, to KTM, all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, and hey, to clear up that other rumor real quick, Joan Mir did, in fact, just have a baby boy, and they named him Juan, which means he'll be able to ride a Suzuki really well, but not a Honda. <laughs> I want Suzuki back. But that happened literally, like, he announced that, or it happened today. Oh, no, 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 okay. It was a while ago, about a month old, so... Holy anyway, cow. news, you know, if there's one thing I've learned about MotoGP and one thing I've learned to respect about the riders, they like stay out of the news. And maybe that's just just because we're American and we're over here in America where we're worried about yeah. things that we don't need to talk about, you know, gardening or whatever else. Sunflower um, seeds. Yeah, sunflower seeds. But they generally keep to themselves pretty well. And then they'll like release something and everyone will be like, yeah, you know, like Jack got married and we're like, nice, Jack. Yeah, I think nothing. I I've got to assume it's bigger news over there. You would think so. I would hope so, kind of. But at the same time, I don't hope so because great for them that they're able to actually just live a life. So to a degree. Not to change the subject, same subject, but just a side note. As you know, I've traveled over in Europe quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Good luck finding an NFL score. Okay, gotcha. I mean, you can travel. It, it's just it's kind of a culture shock because you're so used to just. Whether you like it or not, it's on every TV, every billboard, every newspaper article, every magazine. Yeah, all year. All year, NFL, NFL, NFL. Yeah. And when you go over there, I mean, there's all this news about soccer and or American or uh, foot European football. I mean, they, they have all the that's what they're talking about. But football. Yeah, to be I mean. If you're an NFL fan and you're traveling over there, thank goodness for your phone so you can Google it because you're not going to find it on the TV. You're not going to find it anywhere. So that sounds like I should move there. <laughs> you I mean agree. I could go to work and not hear about football? Yeah. Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. You needed to be back up here. You know, when I was riding these water motorcycles, as I mentioned earlier, Are I had to apologize. Are we sticking with that? We're coining it here? Sure. So, right. well, I had to, I found myself apologizing multiple times because I'm under the canopy on the, on the beach. Mm-hmm. Did you see this with this motorcycle and this and this and this? And you're like, we don't like motorcycles, man. Shut the hell up. <laughs> oh, man. So that's why we're doing this. So I can get it out of my system. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, that is, that is why we're here. I was going to say something. I forget what I was going to say. It was to do with going over to Europe and... Oh, that's what it was. So, not to bring back Mr. Golden Underpants or whatever you call him, but it, uh, you, could prob- you could you could apply this to anyone, though. Like, for, for Italy, I don't think they have any other sports besides motorsport. So, I think, like, you just go to the motorsport event to watch your favorite people, right? But Spain, big on soccer. So, there was a time when Mark Marquez rode a MotoGP bike into a soccer stadium. And everyone lit up. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, we don't have any Americans in MotoGP. But pick your top MotoGP rider or, you know, Joe Roberts or Sean Dillon Kelly and have them come ride a bike through an NFL stadium. And a bunch of bodyguards would, like, tackle them. Yeah, I feel like they'd just be, like, everyone would just be pissed off. Like, what is this? They'd be tackling him. Who's this guy? We got a streaker. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, bring over Garrett Gerloff. Yeah, Mr. Texas himself. And... Put him in an F and like yeah, I feel like even in the the Cowboys Stadium in freaking Texas, that's in Texas, right? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Arlington, I think. Tells you how much I know about football. I don't think it would have the same effect. No, it wouldn't. Uh, and, but I don't know why you even got to go to Garrett Gerloff. Uh, that game we've been playing, where we ask kids if they know Valentino Rossi. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, we've asked myself and Ethan have asked multiple times multiple different groups you know do you know who valentino rossi is and they it's amazing the people that don't even know so yeah well and uh 
not to go way back to the beginning of the episode, but I was at the ARC this weekend and, you know, we talked about that too, me and the instructor and then a couple other people there, like the people there ride motorcycles, probably more than I do, honestly, on the street, because I don't ride on the street much out here because traffic is horrendous. And none of them knew anything about current MotoGP riding or riders or anything like that. And you mentioned Valentino Rossi and people like, so at lunch, uh, the other instructor put on some race. It was Mizano, 2014 Mizano, put on the MotoGP race. He just had files of it on his um, on his computer or whatever, and we were watching that. And that's what like kind of sparked this conversation that we went into. But you know, we were talking about one, the whole people would rather play video games than actually go ride a motorcycle anymore, um, and then two that you know like no one knows the current guys and i get the valentino rossi's a legend and he built you know he was maybe more of a more of a fan guy than some of the current writers but yeah it's just so people are so out of it so out of it it is insane but sorry i'm, I'm looking anyway. I, I have to find this in closing okay uh my brother oh boy my brother sent me this video thinking that i would enjoy it my brother is a harley rider a mm -hmm. long-time motorcycle rider, but he mm -hmm. is not into this sport bike type of riding. Right. And he he sent me this, and uh, let me see if it'll... Can I hold it up on the screen without getting fired? Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm not going to fire you. <laughs> yeah, I've seen those before. Yeah, what so... Did he, did he ask you if that's possible or something? No, he didn't question it. Did he think that was legit? Yeah. Like that actually happened. Yeah, he he said that to me. He he, he said that to me and I was like for for those that are listening, it's a absolutely a video game clip. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, I always forget the people that aren't always watching. Yeah, so so you, it's Mark, if you're, it's Mark Marquez trying to get past somebody if, on an LCR bike. If you're watching or listening, it's the like pretty advanced. I'd say the newest version of the MotoGP racing game, and, it, yeah, and I'm sure you've seen the videos of like guys doing absolutely insane stuff on that game. Yeah, this is this is the, the Mark Marquez. This is Mark Marquez Marquez doing a stoppy through a giant corner, for mm -hmm. you know the whole corner, the whole entire corner, while rubbing his nose on the back of Alex Rins, I believe's neck on an LCR bike. That almost or, that looked more like Alex Marquez to me. Maybe, but, but regardless. Yeah. Then it's last year video. Yeah. But it's the LCR bike that Rins is currently driving. And so so he sent me that and I said you do realize this is a video game, right? And he said don't give me that. And I said you're the first person that's going to be tricked by AI. <laughs> Give me your birthday, social security uh, number, and credit card number, and the oh three-digit code off the back. Yeah, you know, that, that game has been quoted as, like, the most realistic motorcycle video game yet or whatever. That must be why I'm not that good at it. I want to I wanna see someone do that. What, in real life? Yeah. <laughs> well, Mark's, Mark's probably the closest one to reenact that. He's tried it a couple times this year. Maybe that's yeah, what he's working but, but he couldn't. He would wreck the bike, you know. Now, Jack Miller. Man, I feel I feel bad. Let's let's end it on this, okay? Okay, all right. I'm starting to feel bad about Mark Marquez's legacy right now. Yeah, he has a very he has every right to be go down in history as one of the greatest writers of all time. Yada yada yada. I'm not going to argue with you on any of that because I agree with it. But this back and forth, screwing around, you know the the ways are he's always been known as an aggressive writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people say dirty. I didn't say that, but he's always had kind of that, you know, yeah. that thing, that reputation. Yeah. For not, him afraid to to, of, not afraid to stick his nose somewhere it may or may not belong. Yes. And for him to go out the way he's gone out, if he can't come back and redeem something, he's, he's went in, smashed into a few people and he needs to, he needs to come back to fix his legacy. I agree. We're going away to save his legacy. That's the issue is that he's in too deep now. I think so. I think you're right. Because it that's so that's what sucks as a Mark fan, you know, and not to tell you you're wrong or anything like that, because obviously you just admitted to it, whatever, but I I agree with you. 
I think I try and argue with people that Mark would be a step above Rossi, which I can't argue because it's not true right now for many different reasons, factors, whatever you want to get into. We, we can discuss that, whatever. But I think Mark has the ability. I think he has the talent still. He's got enough left in his bucket that he could bring in more championships and set a new legacy and set a new bar and possibly be the greatest of all time. I think he has enough talent that he could do that. I don't not saying he will do that if he gets the right bike. I'm not trying to say anything like that, but I think he could. And that's why this season has made me so upset is that, like you said, he came in and kind of wrecked his whole legacy. And does he still have a chance of that? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe he gets on a KTM, maybe he gets on a Ducati, or maybe Honda figures their stuff out or whatever it might be. I think he absolutely still has a chance, but you're absolutely right. If the rest of the season goes how the front of it did, and then he leaves, I think that legacy is just kind of gone. He's going to be forever remembered as the guy that, like, eight-time world champion and then wrecked everyone, and that's what it's going to be remembered as. He's like so, a punch-drunk boxer right now. Yeah. So, that I mean, that's why I am rooting so hard, and I really hope, is because I'd, I would love to see a season where, even if he doesn't take a championship, at least he comes back and, like, you know, look at Rossi for his last three seasons. He wasn't winning all the time, but... He didn't go out there and mess with them. Right. Or at least the last two before his last one anyway. You know, he, he still had something to give every once in a while out there. It takes something to run middle pack. Rear, yeah. I mean, obvi- obviously those guys are talented at that level. So Yeah, well, and they're they're young and Rossi was not. So Yeah, I don't I don't think he was ever being embarrassed. No. He wasn't the very end I was starting to get a little like, okay, dude. Like couple of those races where it was just back to back laying the bike down you know but at the same time he's old he's on a inferior bike whatever and the the biggest thing with rossi and i got reminded of this this past weekend is that he he did go through you know he was there in the i want to say back in the two-stroke days and then the 500 cc and gone through multiple bike changes and then multiple different style of rider changes and it has was able to maintain the top through all of that change, right? Whereas Marquez, the, the only change you could argue he went through is Arrow is now there. And he's not doing so well with it. And he's not. Yeah, he's not coming out as the king of Arrow. So that is going to kind of be the trade-off. So anyway, there's my Mark Marquez rant for the week. Old golden underwear. Yeah. You see, I'm laying off that a little bit because I'm almost starting to feel bad for the guy. <laughs> That's almost worse. I'd rather you be making fun of him. <laughs> We start feeling bad, and then it's all done. All right. Well, by the time you, the listeners out there are listening to this, mm-hmm. I'm going to be super excited. Not that I'm not today, but by the time you listen to this, I'll definitely be super excited for Silverstone. Get them back on the track. I'm right now super excited for Brainerd. Yeah. Hell coming yeah. up coming up quick. Yeah, like we um, said, go, go check it out on YouTube. I mean, go check all of it out. Brainerd's sweet place, sweet track, Moto America is available on youtube uh you can also check out their website their app it, it should be cheaper now than it was before and go go look out for anthony norton aka lugnut instagram at lugnut underscore 521 go give him a follow yeah he's doing some pretty sweet stuff so that's who uh who you'll be hanging out with okay we'll, I'll, we'll I'll let you know all about it all right sounds good until next time yeah thanks for listening